Kumalan in Ablat Gemara. Today's blot is in Maikat Nabutches Amal Aleph. And the last thing we learned was that Shmuel came along and said that the halach is like Rabbi Yesi Chalamoid and by Avelis that you are permitted to cut your nails. He doesn't tell us whether cutting with a scissor or cutting, you know, with a shinin by biting it off, but he just said you're allowed to cut your nails. So now the Gemara on top of the page, two lines on the top, tells us a story. Pinchas, Achuot Mashmo, Pinchas, the brother of Mashmo, Issa Bey Milsa, unfortunately, he had a tragedy. He lost his son. Pinchas lost his son. Ol Shmuel, Lemishal Taima Minei, Shmuel went to see, to talk to him. Interesting expression of how they talked to him to uh, ask his reason. In other words, just to let him talk a little bit, a bit therapeutic. Chazon, he saw the tufre, the, that Pinchas' nails, to have an efficient along. In other words, Pinchas, during Shiva, didn't want to cut his nails like Rabbi Huda. On Malaysia, Shmuel said to him, Am I locked Why didn't you cut off your nails? On Malay, he said, He said, Look, it would be the other way around. If you be novel, and I was on walking in, where so if you were in Avalon, I was the one walking in, you think you'd be so mezalzle that I'm sitting in Avalis and you're sitting here insulting me why I have my long, long nails? So, but the wording he said was, if you would be in Avalon, have it, this became like like a mistake, an error that came out of the, of the mouth of the, of the ruler. As a result of this, direct result of this, Shmuel had a tragedy, his own personal tragedy, because Pinchas said to him, if you would lose, you know, somebody close to you, you know, how would you behave? Cause Shmuel to happen. So obviously Shmuel realized why it happened. Old Pinchas, now in turn, Pinchas, his brother, went to visit Shmuel, about 10 lines on top of the page, to be Menachem Abel Shmuel. And uh, what the Shmuel did was, he took the nails that he cut off, <coughs> And he threw it in the face of his brother Pinchas. But Rashi then says, and afterwards he collected the nails and, and got rid of them, as we'll soon see. Oh, Malay, Leslach. So Shmuel screamed at him, scolded his brother. Don't you know the Pasik Bris, Crucialus Fasaim, that there's a covenant with our teeth and our mouth, our lips, that we got to be careful what we say because sometimes we say things, it makes it happen. And look, you cursed me, and now I lost the um a close member of my family. How do you know that there's a bond with your, with your lips, that whatever they say comes out, will happen? Shnemer says, Avram said, even though Yitzchuk is supposed to go to Rakeda, Avram said, Avram said to Eliezer and to Yishmael, you remain here behind, I, and the Venar, and the young man, we will go to where we have to go, we will bow down, we will both come back. So Avram said, we'll both come back. And that's what happened. They both came back. So you see that when you say something, without realizing it, it makes things happen. Tasha says, how can you compare the two? That's talking about a positive thing. Maybe in a positive thing, it happens. And um, and not um, and not a negative thing. Tasha remains with the question. And in fact, if you want to bring a proof of a negative thing, there's other psukim uh, we can bring a proof from. But this Avram doesn't really prove anything. And the word continues. We thought, okay, maybe but Shmuel said you're allowed to cut your nails. It's only talking about the hand because it's, people can see it and it doesn't look right. However, the, your nails on your toes, it doesn't really matter. Why should we allow you to cut them? I understood the Shmuel. Either one you can cut off, even, the, even your toenails. 
you allowed, according to Rashi, Genustra is a scissor, awesome. If you're using a scissor, that is forbidden. So according to Rashi, what's permitted only with your teeth and only with, um, or pull, pulling with your fingers. Others say the Genustra is a special, not just ordinary scissors, but special cut, nail cutting devices. And that, like a nail clipper, and that is forbidden. Um, and maybe a scissor is permitted. He bit his nail off with his teeth, the Zarkinu, and he tossed it away. I learned from here three things. First of all, you're allowed to cut your nails on Cholamoid, like Rabbi Yaisi, like Shmuel Paschal, like Rabbi Yaisi. Number two, you know, you're not allowed to spit in front of somebody, and it's called Mias, and even put you in Chayden, but cutting, biting your nails is not a Mias thing. And number three, you're allowed to toss them away. Now, that's going to be a problem, because we're learning in Marnida, that you're not allowed to toss them away. In fact, ain't it's not so, but Tanya, we learn three things. We say about nail. Number one is those people who bury them are tzaddikim, but sarfan, those people who burn them are a chassid. If you bury them, they could possibly get uncovered. If you burn them, that's it. They're never coming around again. Traces and says that somehow or another, why are you a chassid, which is the highest level? Because when you burn, you're actually causing yourself some damage and you're prepared to cause yourself some damage to avoid damage to other human beings. What damage to other human beings by throwing your nails out? We'll see in a minute. Zerkan, if you throw them out, Russia, you are Russia. Time am I, why you're Russia? Shema ta'avar alein isha ubra, a woman who's pregnant might cross over them. The tapil, uh, tapil um, and she might miscarry. So therefore, because you are causing someone harm, you are considered a Russia. Don't think about anybody else. Don't think about yourself. Says the Gemara, and there's different reasons why a pregnant woman might, um, might what do you call it, might uh, miscarry, either because of some supernatural thing or maybe even some natural things. Says the Gemara, um, you know why he was able to throw it out of the basic Because Isha, there are no women there, so there's no cause for alarm, and that's why you're allowed to throw your nails out there. Says the Gemara, sometimes the Mechanshala, you'll sweep up the basic medrash, with short delivery, throw outside. Interesting symptom sometimes. They don't digest. I guess they didn't sweep out the base of medrash every day. Keep on the ishtani ishtani. Once it's not in its original place where it fell down, it no longer causes any harm. So therefore, if you toss it outside, it doesn't really matter. So that's why he's able to throw it out. Zuba appear came from Chamosan Lipnera before Rebbe. Mazuta said Zuba Mechamosan Lipnera Rebbe. It was Mazuta said it that appear came before from Chamosan to Rebbe. A picture and Tzipan I asked Rebbe, "What is his? What is he passing regarding nails?" Um, in, in, the, in the time of Avelis, I allowed to cut your nails. They're not the heat to let me allow them like Shmuel Paskin, like Rabbi Yisi. But now the thing was, I didn't ask. What about a mustache? But in Big Shemim and Asafa, it seems from the setting that if they would have asked him regarding a mustache, you know, allowed to shave, you're not take a haircut. If you're allowed to, you know, cut back your mustache, he would have probably allowed them heat to them. Shmuel says, not only would he have, I Big Shemim and Asafa, I did talk, I did ask about a mustache, but he told me he allowed it. What do we when we say a mustache? You mean both and from one end to the other end of the mustache, not just the middle of the mustache, but from one end to the other end of the mustache. Why? Because they all obstruct your eating. Only the parts of the mustache that actually obstruct your eating. The entire mustache prevents me from eating, so I'm allowed to trim back my mustache during Avelis. Talking about things that he said in the name of Rapopa. 
So he said, he said the following. He said, Pare, Shehoya B'me Moshe, Pare, that existed at the time of Moshe, although he was all powerful, who Amma, he was one Amma tall, he was a midget, who was a Kone Amma, his beard was an Amma long, went down to the floor. But his male member was an amma and a half, much longer. In other words, his entire life was uh, focused and preoccupied by his lust. It was, it was bigger than he was. This fulfills a posse. It says by Daniel, I will put on you that who will lead the lowest of the lowest of people. There's an argument in the Gemara shop is what Ambushi is. What Ambushi means a wizard uh, or like a warlock, or Ambushi basically means somebody who denies the existence of Hashem. Shenemrat says, I went to the Nile every morning. If it's a, if the warlock has something to do with some kind of kishuf, and if it's a, a god, he went there into the Nile to go to do his personal needs, to attend his personal needs, and then he would walk around saying, I created the Nile, I made the whole world, I'm a god. Then the Mishnah continues, the same rule we said by the Elam Galchin, that you're allowed to on Chalamite if you came from overseas, you were released from prison, and so on. The same thing applies to laundering the Elam Chapsin, the Moid. Is another exception. Me, she'ain loy elo choluk echod. If you only own one garment, mutter lechapsay becheles moed. Then you have to take a. You have to wash in a chalamoid. We already said that you wear out a coat. You put a gatel around you so everybody can see that you only have one garment. Most of Yimio it says now Mishnah elu mechapsin bemoed. The following are the exceptions. Habam dinasayam. Sounds like these are the these are the only exceptions. Hani in me she'ain lecholuk echod loy. But there are there are no other exceptions, including only having one garment. Our mission is talking about when you own two garments and they're both soiled. So then we should have, um, you know, washed where the garments were for yamtiv and one would get dirty, you have the other one to replace with. Now, but unless you came from overseas, you have no brain. But if you only have one garment, we're not talking about that kind of case. That for sure you have to wash yourself. How can you only have one garment and not allow you to wash during Khamay? As we like Masnis and Amish are talking about Afagab the East Lake today. Amish is talking about you own two garments, and they became dirty. So therefore, um, but if you, um, therefore, we have an exception when you're allowed to wash them. But if you only have one garment, surely allowed. If you have clothes made out of linen, you're allowed to launder them because there's very, very little tircha, very little work involved. Mosiv Rova Rova asked the question. It says in our Mishra, hand towels. Mirashi said those are the things when you go to a barber and they place on you so to catch the traps over here. It needs to be laundered all the time. Or others say the mantle piece on top of you know the mantle on top of a safer. Hani in it seems to me only these exceptions you're allowed to launder. Klipish the light, but not clothes made out of linen. You said that all clothing made out of linen you're allowed to. By no, our mission is talking about other materials like wool, which is much harder to wash. And then, if it's a towel, a hand towel, or if it's a barber, um, you know, apron, then you're allowed to. Meaning, about other materials. I once saw you. I once saw them the see I saw them going out there and they're taking out bundles and bundles of very big, large amounts of these linen clothing. So I saw them, they're all wondering, they know the linen thing. So that proves that it's all right. Abaya said, that's your proof. Masculine, Abaya, Abaya said, Man who told you they did the right thing? 
Just because you saw people doing it doesn't mean that's the, you're allowed to. Maybe they didn't, they didn't do the right thing. I, you want to know why nobody protested? Because sometimes we have a room. We had it a few times already. But if you know for a fact and they're not going to listen, better not to say anything. You saw all these people, you you wondered, and your proof is because the rabbis didn't come and, and object or protest. The reason why they didn't protest is because they wouldn't listen. Because people couldn't understand. What's the big deal on Chalamite to go ahead and launder these um, the limit? So there's no proof from that incident to support what Rabbi um, Shabayakim said that you're allowed to go ahead and watch. You know that's the halacha. Mishnah. We learned before that you're not allowed to do malachas on yamtiv unless it's uh, a dabra of it, something that causes a loss, or and, and it's for benefiting of yamtiv. Then we made a distinction between whether it's a professional or whether it's um, just um, an amateur. That if an amateur, we're much more relaxed. When it comes to writing, writing on Chalamoid, you're not supposed to write on Chalamoid. You're not supposed to write on Chalamoid unless it's a Dover Ovid and you need it for Yamtev. If you don't write, as we'll soon see these cases, if you don't write it now, you might, it might cause a loss. But there's a Machlekes here. It has to be Maisa Uman, something professional. What's the Maisa Uman over here? So some people say, some learner, we're talking about only if you write it in a certain script. If you write it, like the Sefer Torah, which you have to be a scribe, you have to know how to write it. But ordinary writing, the way we write our alphabet in any language, including the Alabes, the way we write it, that's not included. That's called Ksav Meshisha. Others say that Ksav Meshisha, as Ramos says, Ramos Mahmoud, we don't write either because any writing is considered professional. Remember, especially in those days, a lot of people did not know how to write. If you wanted to write a letter, they went to a special person they hired to write them the letter. So writing itself, oh, just the etzimina writing was considered uh, a maisa uman. They had to be some kind of a craftsman. Today, everybody writes. Nevertheless, the laws still remain in place. So that's why when we write, we only write, even though halachically, the many say halachis are allowed to write if it's not tzavashuris, but Ramos says one should be machmi. But because it's a chumrah, so we're a bit more relaxed. And if you make a shina, you change a little bit, you know, the way you write. Some people say you write your left hand, other people you write not such a straight line. Then it is all right. But the mission said the following are hard pressing man. The following you're allowed to write because it's over. If you don't do it now, you might lose out. For example, Kedushin Noshin, to get to, to get to get a woman engaged to you, the three methods of getting a woman to engage a woman. And one of them is by writing a contract. So you're allowed to, because otherwise, who knows? By that time is over, she might change her mind, find somebody else. The Gitin, same thing with a divorce. Maybe you won't find witnesses later. You want to right now or a bezin. Veshavin, a receipt. The guy won't pay you back unless you give him a receipt. And and uh, and maybe he won't be around. Maybe with age he won't be around. You don't take any chances. Die ticket. Well, let's say a person who is dying and he writes, Do to hey koi. I want you to, uh, he doesn't write, he says, and we know by a shkim, whatever he says, you have to carry through. You'll have to write it down. Who said you'll have witnesses later? Maton, if somebody gives a gift, a gift as well. If you wouldn't have done him a favor, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't give you a gift. And what happens tomorrow? He changes his mind. Not he doesn't want to give you a gift. So he writes a star matana. Who prusbulin? A prusbul is to, to circumvent the problem of shmita. So therefore, you write. A, you, you say that all my loans are given over to the bezin. Prus is like a proportion, and bull is uh, the rich, and buti are the poor. You're benefiting the rich. You're benefiting the poor. You're benefiting the poor because people want to lend them. They're not scared to lend them because Shemitah is not going to cancel the debt and you're benefiting the rich and they're going to get paid back. So you have this approval. Again, Rabbi needs the money, so you're allowed to write the approval. Ignoi Shum. These are letters that the Bezin assess. Either a person has to give money to take care of his wife and his kids and is going overseas. So we assess some of the assets to make sure that we can sell them and, and feed his family. Or let's say he promised to uh, take care of his stepdaughter and therefore we go ahead and assess the value and we need that, that assessment on the thing. So nobody should challenge, hey, you sold the property too little and then whatever. Igrois Mazen, that uh, the, the letters 
sorry, sorry, get back. What I just told you is Igris Muslim. The letters to do with food and the workout assessment. Igris Shum is, let's say, a borrower has to pay back and you have to assess the value of the land to reimburse the lender, make sure that the value is correct. And uh, Rashi learns is talking about inheritance. You want to make sure that you, you, you value it correctly so you have a valuation done and maybe the values won't be around next week, so therefore you get it signed now. Shtare Chalitza, a woman wants her, her husband died and the brother-in-law is prepared to give her a chalitza. You have to do it straight away because maybe she'll find she has someone in mind to get married to. Ume Anim, a girl who was married not by her father but by her brothers. So in the Rabbana, the age under 12, she is married, but comes 12, she has a right to walk away. So the shtar mean, you write a, a, a contract that she can walk away. If she wants, what happens if she becomes 12 at the end of Yom Tif? So you have to do it before she becomes 12. Therefore, you can write that. Shtari Birudin. Shtari Birudin is, is um, if let's say, the, again, an inheritance and a business decide this property goes to this child and this property goes to that child, you have to write that equally. Shtari Birudin also means that, um, uh, others say, means when you're making a business, Zablah, I have this person, you have that person, you want to write it down before the Dayanam change their mind. Gzeila is Bezdin. Bezdin has, you know, puts down their psak. Or the Igra Shalroshus. Rationalist English means that these are letters from the, for the government and therefore they have to write them down so that people know what to do and abide by the rules. The Yerushalmi says means letters of permission. They're not Roshus, which is government, but Rishus, that you're allowed to write letters of friendship. Some say because the letters are simcha. You, you write a, a letter to a friend, it makes them happy. You're allowed to be happy. You know, others say it's not talking about being happy, it's talking about important news. If it's important news, you're allowed to write down so that they should be aware of what's going on. So I think about it. We're going to go explain a few of these things now. Amar Shmuel, Mutu, Lada, Sichu, Chalamai. You're allowed to marry a woman in Chalamai. Shema, why? Why? He said, a law. Maybe somebody else will jump in ahead. <coughs> During the last few days of Yom, somebody else will be able to somehow another tug at her heartstrings, and she'll change her mind. So therefore, it's a, it's a matter of a loss. Says the Yemoda, Lema, Messiah, but clearly isn't that what our Mishnah says, what Shmuel coming along and telling us, it says in the Mishnah, you're allowed to write a contract to get married. Isn't that the same thing? My life taught a Kedusha, I'm talking about a contract to Kedusha. Says the Yemoda, no. We need Shmuel, because without Shmuel, the Mishnah, we can interpret as follows. Our Mishnah is talking about the, the people are in couple engaged, and then what happens is, especially in the old days, the, the parents, the the respective parents work out or not, they work out dowry. The, the father of the husband gives X into the marriage, the father of the Kala will give Y. And we learned in Lamek Suvis, another place we had, that even though they didn't record, even though they didn't write a start, the fact that they both <coughs> agreed is, is and, and, and is, even, even though they didn't make a Kenyan, the fact that they both agreed and the marriage is going ahead based on that, it's as if they made a Kenyan. So therefore, you wonder, you, you can write it down because they, you don't want them to change your mind. How much you give for your son? So much, so much. This will be right in the start tonight. Based on that, the Chassan Kala decided to get engaged. Konu, then these, these, these promises become ver verified and certified. These are examples of things which were said, and it has the power as if it was transacted. So therefore, you want to write it down. So our mission doesn't necessarily mean, when it says Kedusha Noshim, it means the, the engagement star. It could mean the the, 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 the dowry star. That's what Shmuel comes along and says, no, the engagement as well. Lema Messalea, I bring another place that supports him clearly, where it says there, ain't no Yisnoshim and Moyer, and it says you shouldn't marry women. On Chalamoy, Leiba Sula is not to whether she's for the first time. I'm not a widow, Leiba Yabbi, nor can you make a Yibum, Nesha Simcha Hiloi, because it brings joy. And either Ema Arba Simcha, Simcha, we don't want to mingle, mix two Simchas together, or 
because of the other reason is, and that is that you should rejoice and you to focus on the number of your wife. But is permitted. So the Gemara, in other words, but engaged, you're allowed. You're not allowed to get married, but you're allowed to get engaged. Approved to support your Shmuel. And was not I from there. Maybe Interesting. Maybe marriage, you would have thought you're permitted, but engagement, everyone knows you're not allowed. Why? Because the whole reason why you're getting married is because the mitzvah puru. When you get engaged, you're not doing any mitzvah whatsoever. You're just preparing for the mitzvah. When you're getting married, the truth be told, the Rosh says in Ksubis, why don't you make a bracha? Why doesn't the Chassan Kala make a bracha when they get married? They're doing a mitzvah. So the Rosh says it, the real mitzvah is when you conceive. And that doesn't happen. This is just the last step before your conception, you know, to allow it, enable the conception. But nevertheless, because the Nisuyin is what allows you to live together, it's considered right at the beginning of the mitzvah. So I would have thought, Nisuyin, which is a mitzvah, maybe you're permitted to do that on Chalamite. But when it comes to the Kedushin, there's really no mitzvah, it's so remote, it's so far away from the mitzvah itself. That's for sure you know I'll do Chalamite. So that's what Shemuel comes along and says that you are permitted. So I can argue, for sure you're not allowed to engage like Kavim Yitzchak to the mitzvah. Even you get married to Kavim Yitzchak to the mitzvah, also forbidden. Says Gemara Tashma. Okay, I'll bring you another proof. And from an actual clear Bryce, the Tanah of Shemuel in Shemuel's Yeshiva, they studied the Bryce and Me'arsin, you're allowed to get engaged or like Kavim Yitzchak to get married. The ain oisin suudas edison, and even though we permit you to get engaged on chalamai, don't make you lachaim then, because that's already a simcha. Loy me yabmin, nor could you go ahead and marry a sisterum. That's a simcha he like. That is a joy. And on yom tov, we want you to focus on yom shmamina. Says the gemara. So what are you telling me? We're worried. At the very end gemara, we are worried that uh, someone else will jump in during those those few days and try to entice her to uh, marry that person. Now we're going to learn in the beginning of gemara seiter. As follows, did Shmuel actually say that it's possible to change to change your destiny? Somebody else will jump in. Every single day, every single day, there's a voice that rings out from heaven. And says the following, and says, this is 40 days before the child was born. Fast plainly, and here it says actually, the whole yom yom. it says, forty days before the child was born. Um, um, so someone will say that every single day, starting from 40 days before, um, um, a basco comes out. But 40 days before a basco comes out and says, Bas plainly, the plainly, so the plainly, the plainly. And that is why Tuba of is such a big simcha. The world was created on Chafhei El. 40 days before Chafhei El is Tuba of, above. And 40 days before, they were already decreed that the world would be created. And that's why Tuba of, according to some, actually, according to, uh, oh, I forgot who said this already, says that that's why a boy, you know, Tuba of is to be Yamtiv. So 40 days before, they say, Bas plenty in the plane. This daughter will marry that person. A boy, generally speaking, uh, the, as Marshall explains, others explain, um, the, the, the chasen is older than the kala. So the chasen, when the chasen is born, they, they have his name. The kala hasn't been born yet. So therefore, the kala, all we know is which family he's coming into. It's up to the parents who have prophecy what name they'll give her. So they say, Bas Plaini, the daughter of that person, will be married in, to this person, which we call Bashet. The Gemara site actually says it depends if it's the first ma- marriage or the second marriage. It says that the first marriage, that's how it is. The second marriage is a fee maisa. The second marriage really depends what you deserve. Anyway, so, so the, plenty, the, plenty, the same thing comes also with, uh, with uh, business. Uh, that per field will, 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 will be destined to that person and nobody else can presump it.
So nobody else can jump it. What do you say? Shemik Kadmanach can't change your destiny. Tzimur says maybe yeah. Maybe you can change your destiny by davening. Says the Gemara. Now, so right now the Gemara seems to say that you could change your destiny by davening. Now we're going to learn the Gemara the way Rashi learns, which ultimately you cannot change your destiny by davening. We're worried about something else. But there are some Rishonim who learn that you could change your destiny by davening, but it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out because it's not meant to be. And therefore, ultimately, it'll, it'll end in, a, in the demise of that relationship because it was never meant to be. And in, in, in the Kabbalah's forum, it says that, you know, everything is Rocha Protis. So even if, if it's never meant to be, that in itself is Rocha Protis. And why did it work out for a year or two? Because they had to bring us, these two people were the only ones who, let's say, if they had a child, were able to bring this Neshama into the world. And once that Neshama came down to the world, then they, um, the relationship ended and, and, and so on. But let's look at more Rashi's You cannot change your destiny. So what, what's going on? Said, Maybe you could. If you daven, somebody who wants to, really wants to marry this girl, he's besotted by her, and he davens today, he said, please, I want to marry this girl, he can change his destiny. What's the story? You heard the rubber, rubber, shabbat, who got the person, but Ahmed was daven to Abisha, please, I want to marry this girl. She's I want that this girl should fall in love with me. Amalaysh will say to him, What are you wasting time for? In fact, not only are you wasting time, don't do it. Like the boy don't daven this way. If you daven somebody to Abish, there was impossible to have, all you'll achieve is it's never going to happen, but you're going to start having sveikas in a muna. You're going to start saying, Oh, the Abish doesn't respond to me. If she is your bashar, then she's not going to leave you. So what are you worried about? What are you davening for? So it's called a filler shab. It's a wasted filler. The Eloi, and if she's not meant for you, kafar to Bashem. Ultimately, you are going to deny the existence of Hashem because you're davening and davening and davening. It's not happening. Those who learn that you will change the destiny and you will marry her, but it's going to end in failure, is kafraba. You're denying in her. You're going to ruin her life. Because it's not meant for you, and you're forcing the situation. And what's going to happen is, at the end, it's going to be a miserable relationship, and you're now going to, you know, condemn her because of your selfish interests. Anyway, let's continue with Rashi. Afterwards, he heard. In other words, according to Rashi, you cannot change your destiny. So what are you doing? But afterwards, he heard and praying something else altogether. I cannot, in person, saying. Okay, I know it's not my destiny to marry her, but I, it's going to eat me alive if I see her marry somebody else. So therefore, Abisha, please either make sure I die before she gets remarried, before she marries, or let her die before she marries, so I won't have to have the pain and suffering to see her living with another man. And that is what we don't want to happen. If let her get married straight, or get engaged, and, and, and Cholamoy, so that person's not going to stop davening. Otherwise, he thinks that she's still free, and he's going to daven that she should die. And that's not right. That's what we're worried about. So according to Rashi, you cannot change your destiny. Everything is bashert. People get married, that's 100% bashert. There's nothing you can change. I tell you, like to boil the I tell you not to daven this way. Okay. Rav said the name of Rabbi Ruben, son of Everything is bashert. I remember many years ago, I was in Perth and I uh, was giving the shiurim for, uh, for a week, two weeks. And one of the issues we were talking about is about Hajrach uh, Pratis. And there's like 30 people there, none of them are religious. And one of the examples I gave Hajrach Pratis that were so manifest that people can see it for themselves is how you met your, your spouse, the ultimate spouse. And we went around the table. Apart from one, every one of them had a fascinating story how they, mended, uh, how they ended up meeting their spouse and then later on they got engaged. Like they never knew it out of the field, something happened, they have to be at a certain place, it was never intended to, never planned. It was so clear. 
the Hashgacha process. It's pretty amazing. As the says now, the Taylor, where do we find the Taylor that when it comes to Bashert, it's totally up to the Abishta? The Taylor says, Ayan Lovin of Sul, Ayyem, and Mashem, it's up to the Abishta. Min Hanadim, from the Nadim, the Taylor says, Ba'avi, the Imel, Layodu, Kemashemi. When Shimshon Agiba came home with his, uh, with his, um, with his color, his parents were against it. And uh, they didn't realize that this was able to wanted that he should marry someone from the police team so that he can get into them and to, to destroy them. It says in, in Tanakh, it says that by is behind the house and the wealth, Nachas others, that comes inheritance from your parents, you know, physical, material uh, wealth. Of the Mahashem, Isha Maskelas. But from the Abish comes a woman who is a Bashad that comes from Abish. Another thing I've said, name Rabu Fanasuli, Bamla Masita, Tan, Nebrais, Amra, Brumanasuli, ain't other Nashabadava. Nobody, if people, if there's smoke, it is fire, there's smoke. Sorry, I'll be wrong. If there's smoke, there's fire. It ain't other Nashabadava. Elim Kain Asa. The way the world says is Elim A person is not suspected of doing something wrong unless there is something true, some truth in it. That he did that, that this person actually committed that sin. Even they didn't do completely the way people are saying, that people are exaggerating, but he did something. And furthermore, even he did nothing. He didn't believe us, I say. But he's he's uh, he's um he, he might have a proclivity for that kind of activity. And if, and, and that in itself, people sense and therefore they make assumptions. Or even if he personally doesn't have that particular bent to do that, but he saw others do it and it didn't bother him. In other words, if, eh, not so bad. And therefore, people, uh, it roused people's suspicions. Most of Yaakov, the questions here saying that want that somebody means that there's some truth to it. Let me ask a question that says, they even went ahead and they invented these things. That they went and they, they um, ascribed things to Hashem, which are totally not true. And the Chas that, you know, without any truth to it. That's different. They didn't deliberately knew it's not true, but they didn't despite. That's how we're talking about. Talks about it says by the story of Kairach, they went ahead, by candle the motion, they either got angry, little strange, they got angry of motion in the camp, Lara Kodesh and Aaron, the Holy One of Hashem. What happened? The Lama, it's an amazing, I mean, to think about, it's just amazing, incredible. She called Echad Kinnel Easter, every single person warned, will have them getting a sight of the word Kinnel can mean also jealous, as if to say, they warned their wives, they give them a warning, don't you dare be in solitude with that person because we are suspicious that somebody you're philandering. So every man then warned his wife, Mimosha, don't you dare be alone with Moshe because we don't trust Moshe. Moshe was single, wasn't married to, uh, to Tzipira, so therefore they suspected, how can it be? Maybe he's fooling around. Hossa, so I mean, it's just mind-boggling that people should make come up with such a story and, and, and believe it. Says the Gemara again, it's different. When you do deliberately concoct a story in order to hurt somebody, harm somebody, you hate them, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a rumor that started that not because anybody hates you or anything else, just people start a rumor. There must be something to it. There must be a reason why this rumor has legs. And the legs can be either we did it, partially, even thought about it, or even said it, it said in the course of the conversation, not a big deal if people do this and this. And then that in itself was uh, the, the, the ground for people maybe to turn out of suspicion. Touch coming here. Rabbi Yeshi said, so you said that what? We're always suspicious. Rabbi Yeshi said, I wish I was from those people that were suspected of doing things and there's no truth to it. So I, my, I, as if I got punished in this world, I go straight to Ganadin. No, but you just said if there's a, if the if there's suspicions out there, it must be some truth to it. 
people who suspected me and there's no truth to it from a lake they call it the pasik, a rumor that didn't last very long during the short time of that rumor. And it, it could be the rumor is baseless. So it's a good thing. You got a little bit of humiliation. You go you know, you'll, you, it wipes off some of your avedas, some of your punishments, but there's no basis to it. But Hobbit colored the light pasik, an ongoing rumor, there must be some legs to it. There must be some something, something to it. Says the Imara, the color of the was considered a, a long term uh, rumor. I'm going to buy it. My mother said to me, if people imagine things in a city, the rumor continues, maintains for a day and a half, and people continue talking about it and circulating throughout town, there must be something to it. But the honey, what did we say that it went on consistently for 20, for 36 hours? It didn't stop in between, no interruption. It was interrupted in between, that means the rumor is not really correct. Then when do we say the rumor is interrupted? Not really correct. The reason why it was interrupted, sorry, it's not because of fear. But the reason why I interrupted it because they were scared that they were threatened, then lie. That's not called that the rumor wasn't ongoing. And also, when do we say that it was stopped in between and nothing happened if it didn't resurrect? But if it resurrected and with a full intensity and the faster than before, then we say that there is truth to the rumor. On the other hand, when do we say that a rumor, there must be some base to it, that we don't know that this person has any enemies? Even if this person has any enemies, who definitely they're the ones who gener- who, uh, who concocted this rumor, they're the ones who invented this rumor, and they're, they're the ones who are engaged in spreading it about just to harm this person, then there's no basis to it whatsoever. Let me say further, in closing, talking about writing, you don't write story, but a contract of loan, you don't write you, you can write to but you don't trust the borrower. And after you might deny that, or you won't give him the money. We learned before that the, the scribe doesn't have what to eat. And we said that from there, we learned out that you're allowed to go, go to work if you're on wages because you need to survive. Then you can write. In cases for the Muslim Mayyid, they don't write Sfarim, Sifrit Torah, Tfil, Umazuzas, and Chalamayid. Some people want to prove from here that you wait Tfil and Chalamayid, and that's why we're discussing writing Tfil. We'll soon see in a minute. We're not allowed to edit any Sfarim, even using the Sefer of Azar. Rashi brings two interpretations. One is the Sefer of Ezra. Even though it was such a perfect safer, Ezra has Ezra Hakoyin safer, but nevertheless, he's not allowed to to magia anything from that safer. Or Rashi says there was a safer in the Azor in the base of Migdash that was perfect, and they used to use that safer tighter to correct all the other safer tighter. So that safer tighter is so pivotal to our uh, tradition. Yet you don't fix it up a chalamay. You can wait till afterwards. Now, Yudha says, mm-hmm. You are permitted to write film. You are permitted to write a mezuzah for yourself. He doesn't mention a tailor because it would, it would seem fill and zuzah you can start and finish perhaps on chalamay, but tailor is impossible. So if you write, if you tailor anyway, it'll take a long time. Why should you write in a chalamay? But fill and mezuzahs, maybe you can write it and maybe you can even use it in a chalamay. But I'm talking about not for merchandise, for sale, but for yourself. So that is why we say that the person can write film, uh, which means you're putting film for yourself. Um, so in other words, some people say, from here, I wait till the Chalamay. Others say, No, you're getting the tool ready. As soon as Yantam is over, you're ready to have a prayer tool. The Tava al Yerechet Chalet says, You're allowed to then spin. You have to spin the thing for either the Chalet or the regular Tzitzis. You're allowed to spin it, but don't do the normal way with a spindle. Just put it on your thigh and then work your way there. <coughs> Make a shin. Tell about me, learn. 
Kaisiv Adon Tfilim Lulav. You're allowed to write Tfilim. We just finished the next mission. You're allowed to write Tfilim Lulav yourself. But Tava Yerechi, you're allowed to spin it on your five. But for others, you what you could do for others as well as a favor, but not for sale. Not a business, purely as a favor. In other words, not like the Tanakh comment on Mishnah says you're not allowed. David Amir, Yehuda says, Madi. Furthermore, you can make a trick. Sell your own period film, and then the chayz of the case will ask me. Then, oh, so I need a period film, so I can write for myself to use it after Yom Tov or to use a chalamay for your period film. So that Yehuda goes in the brayso a step further than than we had before. That Yehuda actually says, then um, that he said, well, that you can actually write. Say for Taylor, sorry, you can write. You can sell what you have, so you're not doing it for business, and then write for yourself. Now, Biyasi goes further. You're allowed to for Parnasa. So, so the Tanakam and Amish is actually another opinion altogether. These three all hold you can write. The question is, how far do we go? Now, Rashi here, Kedai Parnasasi says, Kedai means, you want to make a profit. We're not talking about me, me, ain't my So, Rashi learns when we say that you don't have what to eat, we mean literally, you don't even have the basics. You don't have bread, you don't have water, you don't have the basics. And according to Rashi, when we say that you're allowed to go to work during Chalmait, if you're on wages, it's only if you need for the basics. However, many of the strangers agree with Rashi, they hold that you're allowed to go to work for Havacha. You want to have a nice yum, you want to have meat, you don't want just the basics, you're allowed to do that as well. Not like Rashi learns over here. As I go further, you're allowed to write and sell the normal way in order to make a panos. That's the halacha. You could write toilet trillion for um, for panos. You got to do a different way. Normal, you put it on your thigh and you work with and you spin the the, the, the strings for tzitzis. Don't use a stone to to um. Sometimes use a stone. It's not the normal way, but still, somebody's use a stone. No, don't use any instrument to help you out. Give it a lesson. Chacham say Avdem, you could use a stone. Could not read the normal way. That you said mishmai beevan a stone have a leather pella, but not to use a spindle. You like to go ahead and use all of these different things. You're allowed to spin the wool to make the string in order to make it sit. The halach and halach is also you're allowed to write film and mezuzah without any changes. And you can sell it to make a business. You're allowed to do that. Okay, now we'll stop over here. But 